All right. All rise. Fuck, I forgot to do my Judge Cantwell thing. All right, next week I'm going to have, uh, I'm going to put up on the Soch. Uh, you and your mates have had a scrap. And Judge, sorry, it's not called Judge Cantwell. It's called Judge Tony and Sexecutioner is coming next week. Um, yet again, this is the first conversation I've had all day. Well, that's not true, right? We're getting painters in. We're getting some painters in. And <laughs> and we're painting the house. We're painting the flat. Uh, we live in a flat. We're painting the flat all one color. And I noticed that the builders, they're not builders. <laughs> it shows what I think of trade. All these bloody fucking tradesmen are the same. You builder. Will you get that builder to paint my wall? Um, These people who are far more deftly skilled than I am because I would do damage. I, I already, I did, I tried, I tried to take a plug out of the wall from where the, the mount, the TV mount was. And they were put up uh, in haste the last time, and they were the three different screws were used. One, which was like a, <laughs> one which was like half a foot long, straight straight into the concrete or whatever a house is made of. It's not drywall. Uh, another one which is like a small little tack, and another one which is like a, it's kind of like an anus shaped hole, not a Phillips. It's kind of like a little starfish, little. Little anus shaped uh, screw, and I couldn't. I don't have an anus shaped screwdriver, so I couldn't get the hole out. So I just started reefing at it, and I took so much. I took so much of the wall out. I took so much of the wall out. So I. This is not what I'm. I'm gifted in, and you know you're kind of like. But I might have it now, and you just hear the of the crackle of walls, walls. That's serious. There's walls falling off the wall. The crackle and the sound of just it, just this drywall just going, and you're like, oh no! One time I tried to put up a shelves. Um, well, it wasn't it wasn't shelves? Oh, that's another story. I'll tell you in a second. One time we tried to put up. Um, you see, with me and my wife, we're we're foodies, you know. Um, you know, we we love to watch our Anthony Bourdain, our our David Chang shows. You know, we watch, love to watch the Chef show with John Favreau, Master Chef. Although, we, even though we like the chef show, we didn't like the movie chef. Um, but I might rewatch it. Terry got in my head early on. I think I would have enjoyed it, but Terry got in my head being like, sorry, so what? He has Sophia Vergara. John Favreau, with the greatest respect, my future employer, John Favreau, is a, is a, is a chef who has Sophia Vergara and Scarlett Johansson chasing him. Um, and he's just a great guy. He's, great, he's a good father. And a good friend to John Leguizamo. Um, and I think I always liked it. I mean, I, everything John Favreau does, I love. You know, I love Swingers, love Made. Um, of course, Iron Man. I mean, what he did, what he did for the MCU. Um, so I always liked him. Um, but I think Terry was all like, look, I'm not having a go. You're a nice guy. But you, are you pulling birds like Scarlett Johansson and Sofia Vergara too? Look, two tens, you know, two strikes. If you were bowling, if you were to throw a bowling ball at them and knock them all down, it'd be te- two, two strikes because they're just tens. <laughs> anyway, um, and she's recently then come around to, to fall in love with him, realizing, of course, what he did for the MCU, but then seeing him in the chef show because he's just a fan. He's just. How is he, this guy could be easily be close to being a billionaire? I mean, he's definitely worth it. He definitely, you know, deserves it. 
but he's got to be within the hundreds of millions, you know, a mover and shaker. What he's done for to to give Star Wars a life again, <laughs> you know, and obviously what he did for the MCU. You know, he's you know he's as important. Well, not as important, but you know, he's he's some he is in the top five most influential people in sci-fi franchises. I'll say it. I'd say that. Um, but anyway, uh, but he is also just a fan. He sits there. He's such a humble person to a guy who just, you know, not having to go. I might just, just, just has a food truck. And I'm not saying just as a food truck because you've got queues around the corner. But he just is fascinated with someone who just is able to cook bacon really well. And he's like, well, why, why would I do that? Why would I do that? And he just allows himself to be in the presence of a master. You know, whatever the job. Um, and it's very humbling. And she wasn't attracted to him. Anyway, um, what am I saying? Yeah, so anyway, we were, um, yeah, so we're foodies. So what we fantasized about was uh, this idea we'd have like an IKEA bar, like a little bar, not like a drinks bar, but like a like a you know like a rail, and from that we would have all of our pots and pans and our you know our um, our uh, fucking iron whatever you call it cast iron and all that. So I was trying to put this up, and I said, "Darling, don't worry, I can do that." This is something I've never done before in my life, but I can do that because I have a drill. It's actually just down to the drill. That's what they don't tell you. Because with my bare hands, I would not be able to make a hole. But lucky for you, I have a drill. So I know and have the knowledge and the wisdom and experience to drill into this concrete fucking wall to put up our rail. So it was last week I realized what, what actually happens? What you're doing? What what you're doing? How? What? 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 Why you're able to hang stuff off a wall? Because you got studs, and I thought a stud was a bad thing. I thought now, tradesman, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> but I thought a stud was a bad thing. I thought you had a stud finder, and you'd use it on a wall. Studs, from what I understand, are the big again. I'm the tradesman. Feel free to correct me. You you could look at my hands. Actually, do you know what? I was gonna, I was going to say look at my hands, and you'll see that I've never worked an honest day's work in my life. But I'm a massive klutz, and I constantly am, there's someone inside me trying to cut my fingers off. There's someone in there, some Gary or something like that is in there. There's some insidious force. Did the dead speak from inside somewhere? And they're trying to get me to cut my uh, my fingers off because I'm always cutting my fingers. And I have gorgeous hands. It's the only thing that's made me out of being a hand model. I'm trying to focus here. Um, so anyway, I said, Terry, so I know the studs, (laughs) studs are the bits of, a bits of wood in, you know, you got the, the plasterboard that's up on the wood, you build up the wood and then you build, you put the wall on the wood, the wood kind of like they're wooden pillars in between your walls. You didn't know this, but this is true. (laughs) Studs are not just Matthew McConaughey and chai tea in uh, Magic Mike, okay? They're also wooden pillars that you have in between your house. I know this because I have a drill, because uh, I'm wise. So, um, but I thought that studs were things you avoid. I thought stud was like some shorthand for like, you know, I don't know, even shorthand. Studs were like a nickname for uh, electricity wires. And that's why you don't want it. You want to know where they are so you avoid them so you don't drill into them. And I just thought, how are things hanging up on fucking plasterboard? How does that work? And I understand now that you're drilling into the studs. That's what I think. Feel free to correct me. I'm not even going to Google it because I'm so blissfully ignorant. Anyway, 
this was not a drillable hole. This was one of those... I mean, maybe they are. Maybe you get drill bits that are big. Whatever. I'm just saying this was a big, hard wall. It's the sort of, hey, sort of wall I've been drilling into my whole life. Thinking I was shit at drilling. <laughs> when I was just drilling into rock. Anyway, the point is, uh, I drilled and I got the crack, crack on the floor. I'm like, oh, well, that's to be expected. I'm drilling into a wall, of course. Probably just a couple of flecks of plaster. And then there's, and then, okay, I'm just going to. Maybe maybe the thing about drilling is, maybe the thing about drilling is that you actually have to push really hard into the wall, into the concrete wall. Maybe the drill spinning at a couple of thousand RPM with diamond bits isn't the thing that you need to do. Maybe you need to push because I'm a fucking monkey. And that's the way my mind works. And I'm just pushing. So I was like, and the drill is screaming. And uh, and then these clumps are getting bigger, and I'm like, oh, I can fix that. I can fix that. That's fine. And then it was a hole the size of my fist. And then I started. <laughs> and then I started. And I was like, okay, okay, now that's fine. And like, I never stop. I never stop when I'm supposed to stop. You're supposed to stop and be like, oh, do you know what? I actually think I don't know what I'm doing, but I didn't. I was I kept into the thing, and so all the all the rocks were falling out. And then I started. I picked up every little piece that was reasonable. I wasn't going to pick up any tiny pieces, but any big piece that I was willing to pick up with my fingers. And I mashed them back into the hole. I mashed them back into the hole with the rail kind of still on. And for some reason, the rail wasn't falling down. I thought, great. And then. What I did was, because um, I was also kind of, <laughs> I was kind of over this whole thing. This like, this like pretended to be a man to impress my wife. I was kind of over this now. I'm like, I'm not really arsed doing any more of this now, to be honest. So I wasn't gonna like get out and try and fill the hole or polyfill or any of that shit. I don't know anything about that anyway. So and I wasn't even gonna look in the house for any glue around like that. And I, you know, if you listen to this and you've, you know, well, if anyone's listening to this, maybe like new tradesmen probably know stuffing this full of glue wasn't a good idea. Anyone knows this is not a good idea. But what I did have near me was blue tack. So what I did was I, I, I thought, you know what? A small amount of blue tack can hold up quite a lot. So what would a whole pack of blue tack be able to do for me right now? I'm sure I'm assuming everything. And so I took a, the blue tack, the big slab, and I cut it in half. And I put... And then I got out my hammer and just fucking wailed on it. I'm like, please, just please. <clears throat> Just please, banging into the, and I just assuming that somehow through the friction and the force and the blue tack and the loose soil or whatever was in the walls, it would just somehow kind of coalesce and coagulate into some kind of, you know, unstoppably strong paste. Um, and to be fair, <laughs> it didn't, but it didn't at all. Uh, I think I just further kind of loosened up what was kind of holding in place, but the rail stayed on. And then the only thing that was holding me back was now it was just very blue. It was at least flat, but it was very blue. And this rail was kind of just hanging off this thing. Like Terry had the <laughs> Terry had these like face paints. So I got out the face paints, right? My first thought was, where's the tip eggs? All right, whatever. I'll just fucking dollop, 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 be done, right? Even though it's a completely different color. Um, and I was even like, even if I have one of those, you know, the mouse things, you know, the kind of things you hold with your whole hand and you kind of like drag along. Remember, remember those ones? Like instead of Tipex, people had these like roller things that never worked. Well, not for me, of course, because I'm a fucking 
gorilla-handed twat. Um, but I, so I was like, even that, you know, maybe it was a blessing. I can blend these together, you know, water-soluble, of course. <laughs> water-soluble, not easy to come off, uh, or very easy to come off. And um, I kind of found a kind of thing. So I start pasting this on with my fingers as well, my fingers, because I couldn't find a uh, brush. Or, of course, you know, I'm going to arsed looking further in my wife's, you know, arts and crafts bag for a brush. I'm so over this. So with my fingers and a kind of rough kind of palette that I found matched the walls, I just put it on top of my fingers. Just pasted it on with my fingers, kind of, you know, massaging it into the battered blue tack and essentially sand, holding up this precarious rail. And you know what? She never noticed. Never noticed. And I was bricking it. It was the same. I had the same looming dread <laughs> as she should have because of the kinetic threat of falling iron over her head. But I always had a sense of dread. And I always said, what am I going to do when I say, you know, when I... Um, I just have to be like, oh what? Oh my god, that's so annoying. The landlord must you didn't tell us fucking <laughs> that could really hurt you, <laughs> you know? Writing a real like loudly typing a letter. Dear landlord, eh, what the fuck is with like the blue tag in the room? Um so I didn't tell her. I know you're probably thinking, what? That's totally negligent, Tony. You there was literally a constant there was and I'd see it as falling out gradually and I'm like I have to tell her <laughs> someone's going to get hurt but I, I, I didn't she survived we're all alive it's fine I won't, you know, I'll probably tell her I don't know if I would tell her again see because you got to weigh these things up you know in a relationship it's like of course I want her to survive and not ha you know have a you know looming anvil over her head um, but I also want her to think I'm cool and I'm kind of handy around the, <laughs> around the gaff you know so you got to kind of weigh these things up um but, see, I don't know if she, well, she probably does know. I was going to say, I don't know if she knows how much of a liability uh, I am to her genuine safety. You know, like if we went to, you know, uh, like if we went to a Sellafield tour, you know, and I accidentally lent on some kind of handle that said, release all the waste. And I'm like, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I, you know, I'd love to think I'd be like, look, guys, just let you know, I lent on the thing. You know, we only have a couple of minutes to live, you know. Ah, my bad, you know. But I'd probably just be like, um, oh, sorry, I was in the bathroom there. It's doing a number two. That's why I was gone um, so long. <laughs> anyway, I think we should go um, as quick as we can. Just not feeling well, <laughs> you know. I don't know if I um, But, you know, I'm handy. I'm handy, guys. Um, and I'll tell you about the shelves that I tried to put up as well um, in a sec. But before that... Let's talk about the sponsor of this week's podcast, the Dubliner Irish Whiskey. Look, you know they're a fine brand. You know they're a fine group of people. You know they make a fine-ass whiskey. But did you know another W after whiskey? F-A-W? They're wacky. They're like Jackie Sloan entering the Celebrity Big Brother house. Hey, it's me, wacky. They're wacky, guys. And I'll tell you how. You go into the Dublin Liberties Distillery there in Dublin 8 and the Heart of the Liberties. Man, it's like walking in a mad magazine. It's like, cuckoo, cuckoo clock's going up. Uh, there's someone in like a chicken suit or someone with a lampshade on his head. They're wacky. They're wacky in there. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Because they don't take themselves so seriously. They're not like some highfalutin, uh, st you know, stuck up, uh, you know, raise your nose, Orkney Island distillery. Like, oh, we have one flavor and it's shit and, and it's 400 quid and it's shit and I know it's shit. They're not like that at all. They got a fine ass whiskey and they're like, what do we do with it? They're holding a boardroom. Uh, there's a disco ball with arms and legs. He goes, how about we put it in a bourbon cask? And I'm like, nice one, disco ball. We'll put a green label on it and it'll be like an Irish whiskey with just a hint of the sweetness of a bourbon. 
what else we do? And then some, uh, like a fucking banana starts talking, be like, what if we make it taste like a crunchy? How am I alive? I want to die. And like, nice one, banana. Why? What if we made whiskey a crunchy? Let's call it the honeycomb liqueur. We'll put a red label on it. And then, and then there's like a fucking, I don't know, there's like, and then there's a lion and he's, a, he's the head table and he's got a big bifter. And he's like, what if we make it smoked? And you're like, what are you talking about, Lion? And he was like, well, we put it in a rascal smoke stout barrel, bro. We can give a hint at a smoke. I'm not doing the accent, but he does. He, he, he is. He's Jamaican. And um, he says, what if we make a smoke stout? And they're like, nice one. We can team up with Rascal's Brewing Company. And that can be the latest one we put out. Great job. Everyone here at the Dublin Liberty Distilleries. We're wacky. Um, and that's just wild. I was over there last week and it was mad. I haven't fully recovered. I haven't slept since after what I saw. Um, so that is the Dublin or Irish whiskey to sponsor this week's podcast. But look, let's talk. I don't know what we're talking about today. Maybe talk about me being a handyman across the years, trying to drill into concrete. I don't know. On the Tony Cantwell shit show. It's Tony Cantwell shit show. Lovely stuff there. Lovely stuff there from the theme song. Um, so yeah, look, that long-winded intro. I guess you could call me Mr. Fart. <laughs> I guess you could call me Mr. Fart. It was a long-winded intro. Uh, excuse me, boss. Uh, with the greatest respect, do you hear me here on Zoom? What are, what are you, Mr. Fart? That was a long-winded intro to introduce me. Thank you very much. Is this any good? <laughs> and I mean like everything. I'm talking about everything. Is it it? Is this it? Am I all done? Am I all? Am I all? Was that it? It's this guy, you know, he had this podcast. It was kind of it was all, it was all right. Actually, it was all right. You know what I mean? Am I like? Um, am I the Hunger Games? Being like, yes, it was great. And then I'm like, ah, uh, was all right. I don't know. I'm not. I don't really want to watch it anymore. You know, it's all fizzled out. That was the whole idea. I ha you, No, thanks very much for giving it to me. Now it's gone. Now it's gone. Now it's gone. I should hope not. Because that's the thing. I don't think things are... I'm out... As I get older, I get off the, the kind of legacy kind of mindset. You know, I have not seen Space Jam, a new legacy. A new legacy. Oh, my God. Have they got that wrong? <laughs> oh, my God. A new legacy. The legacy everyone will never forget. <laughs> Space Jam 2. Um, but I had a realization, I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, when I went to go to the British Museum and I saw the Assyrian kings. I saw an entire wall in the British Museum dedicated to retelling the legendary exploits of kings of Assyria, a massive ancient civilization that would go and hunt lions. They would hunt. They would go off in chariots with four horses and, and the best king was the one who killed the most lions and, you know, you'd come back and be like, this is a fucking guy who killed like a thousand lions and he had a magnificent reign and he brought in schools and hospitals and he, you know, was this, you know, savant, young, genius military tactician who beat armies that were ten times in size that had not been beaten in a thousand years and these wall etchings of him slaying a thousand lions will forever and I'm there, 23 years old in the present day being who the fuck is an Assyrian? <laughs> I don't even know your race, bro. I don't even know where you're from, mate. 
All I'm thinking of is your hat looks like a cock, brov. Look them up. Assyrian kings' hats look like cocks. And I'm just like saying that this legacy, all legacies, you know, even LeBron's legacy with the tunes will be forgotten. Um, I mean, especially that. That's digital. One EMP, it's all gone. You know what I mean? Most of our legacies are going to be gone because of a risk of an EMP bomb, electromagnetic pulse bomb, just getting rid of everything, just wiping every bit of circuitry, binary code that we have on the earth. Um, but aside from that, the point I'm getting at is most of us won't even have a bench by the river that has a little placard on it saying he used to sit here and, you know, eat chicken fillet roll and stare at a duck, let alone having a big, long hallway load with loads of um, Assyrian kings you know, dedicated in your honor of you killing a load of lions. And even if you do, all that's going to happen is in a couple of thousand years, there'll be some other gormless dub just high as a kite, staring at it, breeding on it, thinking who the fuck is that guy? You know? So, I don't really know what my point is. <laughs> I don't even know how I got onto this. I think I just said, what am I doing? Um, and you know what it is? It was because I was watching, I watched Boogie Nights again. And Paul Thomas Anderson was uh, 24 when he made that. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm 34, you know. And I started kind of, like, weighing up, being like, I might not make Boogie Nights. <laughs> I might not make the best Scorsese film that's ever been made, um, including Scorsese's own films. There, come at me. I think it's better than all Scorsese flicks. And I think it's obviously, you know, stylistically quite um, borrowed from Scorsese. And I think it's better than everything Scorsese's ever made. There, come at me, bro. Maybe not. No, no. Goodfellas is much better pacing. Might be better than Casino. Um, and what else was I going to say? Yeah, so, but then, then, then I'm thinking to myself, do you know what? It's not That's not the conversation. The conversation is not, he did this and I did this, so that must mean this. That's there's no There is no narrative structure to all this, other than the one that you put on yourself. So how about it's, can you believe Paul Thomas Anderson made that when he was mid-twenties? Um, that's so, so fucking good. He's so good. And I love him. I love him. And I think it's great. I'm so glad he did that because I get to watch it. Can you believe the Beatles broke up by the time they were 30? I mean, they made all those records before they were 30. That's great. I'm so glad that they were so youthful and vigorous that they could come out with that. And they were so starved for cash. They made such amazing pop hits. That's amazing. That's great. And I get to enjoy that. Do, do I like the Beatles? Yeah, I love the Beatles. It's a great song. Do I like Boogie Nights? Yeah, I think it's a fucking sick film. It's unreal. Um, so that's the, the thing, the way I think the conversation should go. Do you know what it is as well? I think I'm so starved for like absorbing content, just like sitting down, listening to an LP, sitting down. I watched, but I hadn't seen Boogie Nights in ages. I watched, I had to watch it across two sittings because it's just, I just don't have the time right now. I just don't have the time. I don't have the time in the evening with my darling boy. Sometimes I can do it for the podcast if I watch a film during the day and I can do a podcast about it, and that's very enjoyable, very pleasurable experience. But I'm so I'm so starved for content that I'm kind of fetishizing the the enjoyment of a film and a, or a and, you know an LP. You know the idea of sitting down watching an entire WrestleMania like a four hour WrestleMania is absolutely impossible for me. <laughs> it's absolutely impossible for me unless I cover for the podcast, which I might do. But I've kind of recently made peace. See, made peace. I don't need to fucking say made peace. I've recently appreciated. Right, but being a dad, yeah, I'm talking about being a fucking dad, right? I have this, I have this other Gary in my head, right? I'm gonna call him Kronos, right? The baby eater, right? Kronos tried to kill all of his kids. He was a titan, tried to eat Zeus and all the gods. Those Zeus killed him. It's kind of the story of Darth Vader and uh, Luke Skywalker. Um, 
so uh, I got this Kronos in my head that doesn't want me to say anything positive or sincere about being a father on this podcast. And I'll tell you, I fucking love it. I love the bones of my boy. I'm in love with my boy. I actually use my love sometimes to, sometimes he wants to be picked up and he wants, he's feeling a bit needy. He wants to kind of get up my height, see what's going on. And I sit down on the floor and I hug him and I kiss him until it's too much for him and he fucking leaves. He's like, no, I don't want this much love. That's how much love I have to give. I use, I have so much love to give. I use it as a pest control device, right? So for me to say anything other than it's absolute perfection and I just, I float through the world is doing uh, fatherhood a disservice. But I'm conscious of the fact that I have I've had to give over. I've, actually, I've had to give over a lot of my media absorption time. So, but, I, but I know that what I'm getting to do with that, it's not going elsewhere. I mean, partially it has, it has gone into my phone. Partially it has gone into me looking at my screen a lot. But a lot of that RAM has been taken over. It's not been used to fucking, you know, boot up Netflix anymore. It's been used to kind of like help create. It's been used to help him appreciate, you know, what a song is, what a, what a monkey is. I say, I say, do a monkey. I say, what does a monkey say? He's 14 months old. I say, what, do what a monkey goes. He goes, eh, eh, eh. He picked up a cat in Ikea the other day and he was, meow, 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 meow. And he was pegging it off. Honestly, I was, re- I was absolutely, absolutely wrecked. But he's just walking around, you know, he says, you say something to him, you say, yeah, and he goes, yeah. He's talking. He's walking. He's talking. He's in the back of the car singing, you know? So I, that that time has been better spent. But, Jesus, do I crave it it's a, lot, a lot of the time. Anyway, let me tell you about how I put it these shelves. <laughs> so after I put up the, the thing in the kitchen, right? After I put up the thing in the kitchen, I was like, Terry was like, right, why don't, since you did such a good job there, why don't you put up the shelves in, uh, we want to put up shelves and like, we want to put stuff on them. You know, we want to have our art on there. We want to have like, you know, Terry's got fucking mad art. She's got just, she's a, she calls me a hoarder, yet she still has like old, you know, I don't know, brass plates that were used to print a picture of a hot, hot air balloon from like 150 years ago. All weird shit like that. A lens from a broken camera. Do you know what I mean? Yet she has a go at me for buying a second Guitar Hero guitar that won't work. <laughs> she gave out to me before, because she always says she brings stuff like towels and Delph and stuff like that into, into our life, and I bring in, you know, 40 board games. She gave out to me and said 40 board games. I had to cut it down. Um, well, I had to cut it down to the ones we actually play. You know, fair is fair. Um, we were living in a tiny flat. Um, but she gave out to me for getting a second Guitar Hero guitar, right? I had this Guitar Hero guitar, right? I've been wanting to play Guitar Hero again, of course, you know why. You know why. Because I'm lashing out. Because I'm lashing out because I just want to rekindle my youth. I just want to sit there with a pint of Coke, you know, just playing the guitar hero, sitting on a fucking beanbag. That's what I want to do, right? That's what I want to do. I want to get expert du hast again. I want to do an 100% expert when you were young by the killers. That was my favorite one to play on guitar hero. So I bought this PlayStation 3 guitar hero guitar, right? I don't have a PlayStation 3. I have a PlayStation 4, I have an Xbox 360, it's not going to work. I thought somehow I'll be able to get this to work. It's fine. And I moved it from house to house to house, and Terry was like, I've never seen you play this thing. What are you going to, you know, what, what's the story with this guitar? And I'm like, look, I'm going to figure it out someday. Eventually, she convinced me to get rid of it. I got rid of it. I put it in my office. It's going to be coming back to the house next week. But anyway, then when she was out, she was getting her vax out at the, um, at, at, at the, the pharmacy, and she said, there's a great charity shop 
out in Ballantyre, um, next to the pharmacy. You should check it out. So I went in, and I saw another Guitar Hero guitar, but this one, right? This one was a George Harrison Gretsch. Um, got little faux silver shiny chrome bits on it. It had the five frets at the top and five frets up at the top of the neck for the solos, which you don't you don't see that often in these Guitar Hero guitars. It also had a whammy kind of wah, wah, wah. Um, and it was for the Nintendo Wii with a built-in dongle, USB dongle, that means you can plug it in to a PC and play Clone Hero, which is a basically an open-sourced Guitar Hero clone where people can upload any song. Guitar Hero had a certain amount of songs. You had to buy extra songs. How about the fucking Spotify of Guitar Hero? How about that shit? So I came home with the other guitar, and she just... To be fair, she just laughed. Sometimes when I do things that are so egregious, so in opposition of what was agreed upon within the confines of our home, she does laugh. I'm, 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 I'm quite lucky, quite hashtag blessed. But anyway, she's got a lot of shit. And so we were trying to put it all on the um, on the, the shelves. So we have my mate Jordan. Not Jordan who edits the videos, a different Jordan. And he was staying with us. And um, uh, he was, uh, he's, he's quite handy. He's handier than me. And Terry was like, he did such a good job with the shelves. I'm like, you know what? Jordan's staying. He's staying on the couch. How about we get him, we put him to work in exchange for sleeping on the couch? Um, so we, the whole plan was we were going to do it on a Sunday. We were going to go out on a Saturday, have a night out in the town in London. We were staying in London. He came to visit. We were going to have a night out in the town. And we had a, oh, it was a, it just, the night just kept going. It was just such a good buzz all night. We were just, we were out. We, we met people out in a bar. It was one of these, like, day-drinking things. We just went on to, like, you know, 4 o'clock in the morning. We had, like, friend, these people who we met who were not, like, you know, there wasn't, like, a part. It wasn't, like, there weren't, like, scaldy partiers or anything like that. They were just, like, just funny, witty British people. And we were laughing. We were all laughing around the table. Um, went back to my mate's gaff. And then, um, you know, just, you know, like, 4 o'clock in the morning, we're just, like, what's left? What's the, what, what are the dregs of mixers? We were trying everything, you know. Got home, woke up the next morning, and we were all we were all fairly terrified. We were all fairly terrified, and it w- it was kind of like the same kind of we weren't really talking. <laughs> we weren't really talking all all morning, and now we weren't really hungry to have like you know, uh, kind of like a hungover breakfast that would just solve everything. We were just kind of like just sitting there, kind of quiet, just staring at these slabs of wood and the empty wall where the shelves needed to go, um, and so. And it, after much humming and hawing, we eventually put Jordan to work. And, like, it it, it, it kind of had that, you know, that kind of procrastinated energy where, like, you, you just, you're, you're in your school uniform. You know, you just stay in your school uniform because you're just, you're still procrastinating. You're still procrastinating from, like, you know, doing your homework. So you're still like, no, I'm still kind of home from school, you know, we're just like, and you're putting it off and it's getting later and later and later. And it's like 10 o'clock in the night and you're still wearing your school uniform. Did you ever have that? It was that kind of vibe. We're still just staring at these shelves. And I'm like, here, like, here we're gonna have to do the shelves so jordan picked up the drill and just drilled he just drilled he was like all right fucking let's do this let's just do this and he all the places that we had marked for him to do the holes he's like six holes and then he's like there and then he put a screw in and the screw just fell out and he's like oh doesn't these screws don't seem to fix and i looked at the holes these holes were fucking two euro coin sized and i was like oh right um right uh, maybe i can get some Maybe I can get some new screws. <laughs> so I went to go. 
So I went to the news agents and I was just like, you know, when you're on the beach where like he goes back to like, you know, Copenhagen and there's like people everywhere. And he's like, ah, oh, like, it was just insane. It was just so loud and uncomfortable. And I got every screw I could, of course, in like a pound shop and whatever. Got like a selection of screws, went back and I was like, here, let's try some of these. And he's like, I don't think these are going to work. And I was like, I was like, you know, someone's doing you a favor. And I was like, I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm going to fucking... <laughs> but like, it wasn't his fault. You know, it's like you have to redirect the anger because it's going the wrong way. Is your friend trying to help you out here? You know what I mean? Um, You know, and I'm like, okay. All right. And I was like, can you just try? And I, honestly, it was like flicking. It was like flicking like a paper clip into like, a, you know, a sinkhole. You know? Like, of course these screws aren't going to work. You know? But of course it's... I don't know why... I don't know where... It was my fault. It was my fault. I don't know why there was a two euro size drill bit. Terry's just sitting there shaking in the corner, not doing anything. So then I was like, right, I'm going to go to home base. I'm just going to ask someone. I'm going to ask someone. And I was just like, I felt like pure death. And I went into home base. It was like, a, like half an hour walk, which is so much further than I thought I could do. And I went in, chatted to one guy, and I was like, look. And he, he, I'm sure you got the fright of his life of a fucking scarecrow come to life saying, excuse me, what are the fattest fucking screws you have? I have a mate who's after drilling a massive hole in my wall. <laughs> right. And so he gave me these big massive screws. And I was like, fine. So I came in, took me coat off, kicked me shoes off, body language insinuating that Jordan, I am not leaving again to get any more screws. And he looked at the screws and I'm not messing a tear ran down his eye. And he goes, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. So what we ended up just doing is just putting the longest ones we had in precariously balancing on it. Like if any weight were to come on it and they were just empty and I filled them full of blue tack later on. <laughs> anyway, look, thanks very much for listening to the pod. Thank you very much for the sponsor of this pod, the Dubliner Irish Whiskey. I do appreciate you. I see you. And if you want to see them, go to the DLD.com or check out Dubliner Irish Whiskey um, on the social. Do check them out there. Um, and look, thanks very much for listening. If you like this podcast, if you want to hear more of these podcasts, if you would like a podcast this Friday, go over to Patreon. Also, I'm going to be announcing some tour dates pretty soon. Um, hopefully, uh, to make up for all the ones that unfortunately have been cancelled, as I mentioned in the last uh, podcast. So if you want, there should be enough tickets to go around. But if you do want to have early bird, there'll be a certain number always put away for patrons. So that's another benefit of being a patron. And it's only the price of a pint of a, uh, price of a, pint, uh, a month. So you can go over there um, and check that out if you like. If not, I'll see you next Tuesday. If so, I'll see you next Friday. And thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. It's only a wish it's yours